Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Oh, baby, what is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Z-Bot here with you. Monday night live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. It is the smoke break. So good to have you in. Thanks so much for joining. Hope everybody had a terrific Mother's Day out there. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers joining live or whether you're listening on podcasts after this show is over. Regardless, happy Mother's Day and a special shout out to Mama Bot. Like many of you, she's never missed a smoke break. She's the biggest fan. Her and my dad are tuned in every night. I'm sure they're tuned in right now. So a big shout out to Mama Bot. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you very much for the support, the endless support. Love you very much. And to all of those out there, all the mothers, hope your Mother's Day was fantastic. I hope Josh Allen's Mother's Day, or Josh Allen's mom, I hope she had a terrific Mother's Day. I mean, if you think about it, if you really get down to it, the reason the Bills are where they are right now is because of Josh Allen's mother. So take a moment out of your night tonight and and give thanks to Josh Allen's mom. I hope she had an absolute terrific Mother's Day. Hope all of you guys had a terrific Monday. The night's coming to an end, and what a week we have in store, at least I have in store. I got to tell you, you're not going to find me in much better, better of a mood than you'll find me in right now. We got a new Better Call Saul tonight. Now, I don't know how many of you guys out there are into the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul scene. I'm massive into it, and uh, Better Call Saul, it's just unbelievable. It's just fantastic. I can't think of a better sequel to a series than what Better Call Saul has been to Breaking Bad. New episode tonight on Monday night, like it always is, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. So I'm all in on that. Obviously, we got the smoke break tonight, so I'm excited about that. We got the schedule release Thursday night, 8 p.m. Cannot wait to see what the Bills have in store for them in 2022. And we got a sneak peek today, which I'll dive into at the beginning of the show here. And then for me, if you know anything about me, you know I live and breathe not only the Buffalo Bills, but the Dave Matthews Band. I have two passions in this life, the Buffalo Bills and the Dave Matthews Band. And it just so happens that the DMB Summer Tour kicks off this week. So you're you're catching me at a great mood. I fly out to Texas on Wednesday. My girlfriend and I are doing three shows. I've never been to Texas. I'm super excited. I've never been to Texas. I've always wanted to go. And we're going to be going to Austin, Houston, and Dallas. So we're covering three of the major, uh, the three major cities or three of the major cities in Texas. So I'm super excited about that. Um, But in, in regard to the NFL, this is a big week. This just goes to show you what the NFL has become. The schedule release is a massive event now. 
The draft's a huge event, obviously, of course. We got the season itself. But the year in general, the NFL has become a year-round product. You can consume it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the schedule release is a perfect example of that. They didn't used to do it the way they do it now. It wasn't this big to do. And now it's this massive production. NFL Network's got it on Thursday night, and they slowly release the games, and it's become this huge event, and I love that. Absolutely love it. Jason coming in saying, going to vote for the Dallas expansion team. Yeah, I saw something on that earlier. Saw PFT put out an article about the potential for a second team in Dallas. Don't know how my man Jerry Jones is feeling about that. Um, It would make sense. I'll tell you, it would make sense. I think that if you think about it, Dallas and what they have been for the brand of the NFL without actually being competitive or towards the top of the league over the last, what, two decades, decade and a half, they've still remained prominent more so than probably any other franchise. Um, I, I doubt it. I doubt that they'll do that, but just goes another example goes to show you we will see expansion teams over the next you know handful of years it'll just keep growing and growing the schedule will obviously go from 17 games to 18 games we've seen you know so many different changes over the last few years in itself the playoff expansion the season expansion and it just you know all these little details go in and form into what the NFL has become and that is the biggest sport in the country by far and it's a year round product now year round product Scott Blakely coming in saying, when is the schedule release? Scotty, it's Thursday night, 8 p.m. You can watch the live reveal of all 32 team schedules on Thursday night on NFL Network. But I'm sure if you're eager to find out what it is without having to watch the production, I guarantee you it'll be leak central on Twitter. You'll be able to know the entire bill schedule the second it drops. Uh, And speaking of which, we got a little bit of a teaser this morning. It was a nice surprise to wake up to on a Monday morning. Uh, And by the way, if you're noticing, I'm in a different setting. I'm down uh, downstate right now. I'm down in Rockland County at my girlfriend's place because we're flying out in New York to go to Texas. So that's why I'm in a bit of a different scenery, if you were wondering. So smoke break live from downstate. I'm kind of in New Jersey territory right now a little bit, a little bit of a jet territory down here. And, uh, you know. It, 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 you definitely feel it. It's palpable for sure. It ain't, it ain't no upstate New York where everybody's got the Bills gear on, but I like to bring a little taste of Buffalo down here every time I'm here. Um, yeah. So anyway, Monday morning, and we get a bit of a sneak preview as to what we have in store for the Bills and their schedule in 2022. This morning, it was released that the Bills will once again, for the fourth straight year, play the Tennessee Titans on Monday night football. But this time, folks, It is in Orchard Park, New York. The Bills will take on the Titans week two uh, as part of a doubleheader on ESPN, a Monday night doubleheader, and the Bills will be the first of two games on that Monday night. Bills-Titans week two, Monday night, 7.15 p.m. kickoff. This Bills-Titans rivalry is becoming something, isn't it? It really is. Over the last several years, we've gotten great games Uh, They haven't gone in the Bills' favor, that's for sure. But I've been a part of all of them, except for the one that was during COVID, obviously. That game, I won't even speak on that game. That game was horrendous. But we're talking about Bills-Titans. You immediately think primetime football. And I've gone down to the last several Bills-Titans games in Tennessee, in Nashville, an experience unlike any other. Last year, an utter heartbreaker. I, I didn't even speak for like 48 hours after that game. The way it was lost was just earth shattering. Um, but 
it goes into the it goes into this rivalry, right? This these games have been terrific. And we come to expect now the Bills and the Titans to play on a Monday night. And here it is. We were confirmed this morning that the Bills will play the Titans on Monday night football week two. Uh, Jason and in, coming in here saying our defense is going to slaughter the Titans offense. Th- this Titans team this year, in my opinion, I, I think it's a down year for the Titans. I'm going to do my power rankings coming up here later in the show. Going to share with, uh, with you who I think the top 10 NFL teams are currently after the offseason and the NFL draft. Don't have the Titans in there. Spoiler alert. Do not have the Tennessee Titans in my top 10 as of right now. Um, the reason for that is I just I, I am not highly I, I'm not highly viewing the Tennessee Titans going into the season. Uh, I, you look at the, a, the AFC landscape. I know we talked about, we talk about it a bunch on here, but look at the AFC and just really look at how much it's evolved. All the different teams this season that you could fit into the playoff scenario that you wouldn't have last season. I just don't know where the Tennessee Titans fit in. Frankly, I don't even think they win their division this year. I think the Colts take the division under Matt Ryan uh, I, I, I do think the Colts are the better team coming into 2022. I think that clearly Carson Wentz held them back a season ago. Not a lot of people are talking about the Indianapolis Colts and how much better they could potentially be with Matt Ryan. I think that they're going to be a super or not a Super Bowl uh, contender, but a playoff contender nonetheless. And I do think that they end up winning that division. So that is uh that's one of those things that I think gets lost in translation here. You look at the AFC, you look at all the new talent that has been brought within the AFC. And I don't think many people have really focused in on how much better the Indianapolis Colts have gotten. And they were a fringe playoff team to begin with last year. I think Carson Wentz really did them a disservice, brought them down a notch. Matt Ryan still has a lot of football left in the tank. I think he has been overlooked just because of how bad the Falcons have been in recent seasons. Uh, I think Indianapolis today is a much better team than they were last year with Matt Ryan at the helm. I think the Bills take it to Tennessee this year. You got to think there's got to be some pent-up anger there. That was a hell of a loss last year. And if you go back and and, kind of break things down, if things went differently in Nashville, if Josh Allen gets that one yard on the QB sneak, the Bills get into score and they win the game, the Bills would more than likely be hosting the Kansas City Chiefs in that divisional game. Who knows how much – things change if that wound up being the case. So that game was, you know, bigger than it seemed at the time. It really was. And I think that that is not lost in the locker room for our bills. And I think that you can see that potentially play a factor in week two in that Monday night game. So let's dive into this. I want to get into the schedule itself because we have a few days here. We got three days until it's released. And I want to take a guess here and I want you guys to help me out in the comments. I want to take a look and see who we think the bills could potentially face off against in the prime time slot. I know a lot of people, I know this is a touchy subject for some reason. I think the majority of Bills fans, they got so used to just playing one o'clock afternoon games that anything other than a one o'clock game for the Bills has become an issue for the fans. They're so used to it, right? It's become the routine. Now that the Bills are top of the league, they're getting placed into all these different primetime situations. And uh, there's a lot of fans who don't love it, but Hey, this is what we wanted. Whether you you don't dig the night games or not, we wanted this. What is the biggest sign of a team that is at the top of the league, for lack of a better way to say it? It, it, It's that. If your team is one of the best in the league, they are going to be showcased in the prime slots and exactly what the Bills will be doing this year like they've done the last several seasons. Now, I'm almost positive the max amount 
of primetime games that you can have in a single season is five. And I would venture to believe the Bills do get five primetime games coming up this season. So let's take a look at the Bills' opponents, and let's try and figure out here who we think the Bills could potentially get a primetime game against. So here it is. The home slate features the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans, as we know, like I just mentioned, the Monday Nighter in week two. Then the AFC East games, uh, as always, Jets, Patriots, Dolphins. Then the away schedule, we got the Ravens. We got the Bengals, Bears, Lions, Rams, the AFC East slate again, and then the Kansas City Chiefs. Not an easy schedule by any means, but an exciting schedule. I mean, take a look at these opponents, everyone. What a year we have in store for us. You almost can't even differentiate which one is uh, is more exciting or, or more competitive, uh, the home or away slate. I, I think on, on first glance here, you'd have to say the away. I think it all depends on when the Bills get the Cleveland Browns and what winds up happening with Deshaun Watson in that particular situation. But I'd have to say just based on first glance, the away slate looks like it'll be a bit tougher so you'd have to venture that we'll get a more we'll get more primetime away games than we will home. And that isn't anything new. That's typically the way it's been going for Buffalo in the last several years. The the uh, primetime games almost always seem to fall uh, when the Bills are on the road, which sucks a bit, obviously, because we know what the environment is like in Buffalo on any given week, let alone a primetime slate. That's why week two, Monday night, will be exciting as all hell. Now, I wonder, there was a lot of rumors circulating around whether or not the Bills would kick off the year in the primetime game against the Super Bowl champs with the Rams. I would rule that out now. I would rule that out. If the Bills have a Monday nighter in week two in primetime, I don't know if they are going to get the week one primetime slot. I think us finding out today the Bills are playing in primetime in week two lessens the chance of them also playing in primetime week one. So I'm going to rule that one out for now, but I wouldn't put it away completely. I just think the odds of it happening are a bit less now. Um, all right, so let's get into it. We got the home. Let's start with the home slate here. We already have the Titans in a primetime slot Monday night. I could see the Packers game being, I mean, you know, it, it, it's crazy. You look at this, you really could, you can make an argument for almost every single one of them, probably outside of the Jets and the Dolphins, but even those two teams need to have at least one primetime game at some point. It seems as though the Bills have become, it seems as though the Bills versus the Patriots has become a staple in primetime. So I'm going to have to venture that at least one of the two games against the Patriots is going to be in primetime. Now, whether it's going to be home or away, I'm not entirely sure. But looking at the home slate, I got to tell you, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers is incredibly enticing. We were supposed to get Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes last year. As we know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play in that game. Due to the COVID situation, Jordan Love was the starter in that one. Uh, but that was a primetime game. Part of me wants to put that in a primetime slot. I think Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen is a major draw. And if we're looking at the trajectory of Aaron Rodgers' career moving forward here, we don't necessarily know how much longer the career will last. We also don't know especially how much longer it'll last in Green Bay. 
I'm going to go ahead and, and say the Bills are going to play a primetime game at home against the Green Bay Packers. So we'll lock that in. That's two primetime games. Tennessee Titans, Green Bay Packers, both primetime games. I'm also going to say a Monday nighter for the Bills versus the Patriots. I'm not entirely positive whether it will be home or away, but I would venture to almost lock in that the Bills will play a Monday nighter at some point in this season, whether home or away, against the New England Patriots. So that's three. Now we look at the away slate, and we got, we got some potential here. We got some serious potential. The Chiefs is a given. That's going to be a Sunday nighter. Guarantee it. Guaranteed primetime Sunday nighter at Arrowhead will be a lock when the schedule comes out Thursday night. So that's four. And then I guess you could flip a coin here. I think the Bengals game could really be an enticing pick for a, for a primetime game. Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. That sounds like must-see TV to me. You could also fit in the, the Ravens there, certainly. Bills have had some great matchups with the Ravens over the last several seasons. And then the Rams, of course, the Super Bowl champions. Bills travel to the new SoFi Stadium. That would be a hell of a game, too. I mean, realistically, if you look at the Bills and just who they are, and then you look at this schedule this year, you really could make an argument for like 10 primetime games if you wanted to, but I think five is where it's going to max out. If I had to pick, I'd have to say that the Bengals seems like a better draw. I just think that those that's two high-flying offenses, two of the best young quarterbacks in the league, two of the best young offenses in the league. That spells primetime matchup to me so if I had to lock it in right now I'm saying that here are my primetime guesses for the Bills this 2022 season primetime at home against the Packers primetime at home against Tennessee already locked in whether it be home or away I'm going to say Monday night primetime against the New England Patriots primetime on the road Sunday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs and out of the rest of those away games, I think that the Bengals one seems like the biggest draw. I'm going to go primetime away in Cincinnati against the Bengals. So there are my five primetime guesses. And I, ha- I have to think there's going to be a handful of 415 games as well sprinkled in here too. I would have to think that even if well, – this would almost be a guarantee, I would suppose, because it's all the way out on the West Coast. The Bills versus the Rams is guaranteed to at least be a 415 game, if not a primetime game. Um, so I, I would think that at the very least, one or two 415 games for the Bills, on top of what I would venture to think would be five primetime games for the Bills. But we will find out Thursday night, and I'm very, very excited to see what – the schedule holds in store for us, not only for these primetime games, but how the schedule pans out. Because if we go back to this, I mean, we've talked about this before, but this is no easy schedule at all. And I really hope that the, you know, the, the, the top of this schedule gets sprinkled out, sprinkled around rather. And I also think that Deshaun Watson, if I had a gun in my head, I'm guessing a six game suspension wouldn't mind getting that game out of the way earlier in the year while he's not playing. Not that I'm scared of Deshaun Watson or the Browns, but hey, if you had a choice, play the Browns with Deshaun Watson or without Deshaun Watson, you'd be a fool to pick with Deshaun Watson. So I would rather see that game earlier in the season. Um, and then, you know, just looking at it in general, 
we always get the we always get the Dolphins or the Jets towards the later end of the year, and we also get them usually right in the beginning of the year as well. But you'd like to see that you know you'd like to see the games against the better opponents sprinkled in with maybe a game before or after with the Bears or the Lions, um, then obviously the Jets. Um, you know the Vikings are not. You look at this schedule though, and even the teams that aren't necessarily top top tier or front runners. These are still no easy games. Vikings, I think, got better. Vikings are no easy out. The Steelers, as we know, no easy out. Steelers last year gave us fits, should have won that game and didn't. And I think the Steelers are better this year than they were last year. Ravens might not be a top 10 team right now, but I mean, how easy we forget how good the Ravens were just a couple seasons ago. Injuries riddled them last year. They're going to be back at least more competent this year than they were last year. And I mean, (laughs) that's not saying a whole hell of a lot because they were down and out heavy last year. Um, And, you know, I mean, even the weaker opponents, you look on here, like Miami, as we know, I'm out on Miami, but still they've gotten a lot better. I don't think the bears are the easiest of outs, although the bills are a much better team than the bears. The only team you really look on here that you would say guaranteed, like put any dollar amount in the world on it, as far as a W is concerned in, in, in my personal opinion would be the lions and the two games against the Jets. Those would be the three games. If I had to bet my entire life on it, those would be the three. So hopefully we get those sprinkled out amongst the games where we have to face off against the uh, the higher end of the NFL. Let's get into some comments here. Check out what you guys are saying on this fine Monday evening. Uh, let's see. Um... Jason N. Diggs is going to have a phenomenal game against Vikings. Watch. That would be something. The reunion of Stephon Diggs against the Vikings. And ironically enough, Case Keenum, the quarterback who threw the ball to Stephon Diggs in the Minneapolis Miracle, is now the backup quarterback to Josh Allen. So there could be a, a whole gigantic reunion there for Minnesota Vikings fans, a play that obviously no one will forget, especially Minnesota Vikings fans. Uh, Hopefully Case Keenum doesn't sniff the field at all this year, unless we're uh, taking a knee up 40 points or whatnot, but that's an interesting storyline for sure. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I guess I didn't put two and two together there right off the bat. Stefan Diggs returned to Minnesota or, uh, you know, Minnesota coming to Buffalo, but he will be facing off against his old team. Jason also saying, hey, Zeba on Madden 22, uh, 2022 season opener, Chicago Bears. Oh, okay, in Chicago. thought you were talking about something to do with Madden coming up here. Uh, by the way, I'm interested. Madden cover should be released soon. I'm holding out on Josh Allen being on the front of that, by the way. My fingers are crossed. I think that there's never been a better time to have a bill on the front, obviously. I think Josh Allen has a real good chance to be on the cover of Madden. I would love to see that. My, my system that I have doesn't even have a game slug. It doesn't even have a disc slot. I still buy a copy of the physical disc just to put on my mantle or something. I'd love that. Oh, that's another good point here that Jenna's making. Uh, James Cook versus Dalvin Cook. Yes. Little brother duo there with the Bills new running back, James Cook, against his older brother, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's a hell of a storyline. All right. That Vikings game shaping up to be a bit more... Uh, Bit more of a must-see game than I thought it was right off the bat. Okay. Good point, Jenna. I like that. Dirty Randy says, I don't play Madden and I'd buy one. Yeah. I mean, I can't I can't imagine there'd be anybody in Buffalo who wouldn't own a copy of that game, even if they don't play video games, right? Man, oh man. 
Speaking of Josh Allen potentially being on the cover of Madden, we have finally, and I, I've spoken on this a lot. I talked about it with the uh, with the the match coming up. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes taking on uh, Brady Rogers in the uh, the golf tournament. There, Josh Allen has become a full blown celebrity, full blown celebrity. He's become bigger than just the Bills and upstate New York, and it, it, it's it's amazing to watch. I love it. This is what we have been waiting for forever. A guy that is worthy of having a TMZ article written about him. A guy that seems to have a camera in his face everywhere he goes. And this past weekend was no different. I'm scrolling Twitter the other day. And what do I see? But Josh Allen and his girlfriend hanging out in the same VIP section as Paris Hilton. Yes. Josh Allen hanging out with Josh Allen and his girlfriend hanging out with Paris Hilton. Did you think you'd ever see the day that you'd have a Bills quarterback kicking it at the Formula One races with Paris Hilton? And Josh Allen was at the Formula One races over the weekend. And it's crazy because everything that Josh Allen does now is news. Like anything that anytime he goes out in public and does something that's like notable such as going to a race or going to a golf tournament like he was at the Masters or whatever else. There's somebody there reporting on it, like every single time. I mean, it's almost like Josh Allen can't even take a dump these days without somebody reporting on it. And that's what that's what he's become. And it's amazing. There's not a single player for the Bills over the over my lifetime at least, where they would be worthy of I mean, for God's sakes, Josh Allen went out to, to dinner with his girlfriend in, in California, and it was, a, it was a TMZ article. How? Oh, because he's just one of the biggest players in the sport now. That's what it's become. It's what it's become. And it's awesome for a variety of different reasons. One, it's awesome for Josh Allen. You're talking about a guy who's coming from a town that has, what, one stoplight in it? Fireball, California, goes to Wyoming. Just the ultimate rise to stardom. Like it, you could, there'll be a movie about it. hundred percent. Josh Allen. It's, it's, it's the ultimate rise to fame from literally a farm town where he's working on his dad's farm to now. I don't, I don't know if hanging out with Paris Hilton is the, is the peak of, you know, your career, but it's definitely an indicator that you are, you have arrived as a celebrity that Paris Hilton is synonymous with fame for whatever reason, God knows why, but she still is. And uh, yeah, whatever. There's Josh Allen hanging out with her. But it's truly incredible. You see this rise. And it's not only great for him. Of course, you're happy for him. But think about it from, from a Buffalo perspective. He's doing all this in a Buffalo market. I mean, a lot of times these big players, I mean, why do you think LeBron James went to L.A.? It was so he could be even more famous. He could be in movies. A lot of times these players, their fame is kind of predicated on where they're located or whatever. But Josh Allen has become this massive star while also being in Buffalo. And I just think that that is amazing. You know, everything is kind of blending in together. And uh, you're watching the Bills peak and Josh Allen peak all at the same time. Bills Mafia, FUQS coming and saying that's distraction. I disagree. It's not distraction. Josh Allen, as we heard, I don't know if you guys watched the clip from Sean McDermott this past week. Sean McDermott was on a Sirius XM radio show. I forget exactly which one, but he was being interviewed and, talking about Josh Allen and essentially what he had said was, you know, the off season for Josh Allen is where things really get moving. 
where his game really progresses. He had said that he had, he's come back from every off season better than he was the, the season prior. I don't think we should look into, you know, Josh Allen hanging out with celebrities or whatever as a distraction because Josh Allen, I, I don't think he would allow that to be a distraction to him. He just strikes me as the type of guy that would not allow situations like that situations, you know, in the social sphere or whatever to allow I don't, I just don't envision anything like that affecting his role in the locker room, his role on the field. It just doesn't seem like that would go hand in hand at all. He's football primary first and foremost. And I think the rest just kind of comes with the territory of being perhaps the most popular player or one of the most popular players in the entire sport. So I think if anything, you got to look at it from a, from the positive perspective here. Think about it like this. I mean, it, it, you have a guy right now in Josh Allen as the quarterback of our football team who is so sought after in the public eye that, like I said, you go out and you go and take your, your girlfriend out for, for dinner and you're, uh, you got TMZ paparazzi in your face writing an article about it. It's crazy. Bada Bing coming in here saying it's dumb tabloid crap at the main point is Josh is having fun and getting into big crowds and becoming huge. Finally respected. Well put, Bada Bing Crosby. Yeah, of course it's tabloid crap. If you saw my video of me pretending to be the news anchor for uh, TMZ reporting on Josh Allen going out to dinner with his girlfriend, yeah, it's like, why is that, why is that newsworthy? It's not. But like Bada Bing just said, it just, it's a perfect example to show you the prominence that Josh Allen now has in pop culture. You know, when you think of the NFL, there's a handful of guys that come to mind. There's a handful of guys that your grandmother would know. I mean, think about it like that, right? Uh, you know, all of us, you know, we could name the Bills 53-man roster if you, if you really had to, right? You know, most of us could name at least a handful of players on every single team. But the majority of the casual fan base that the NFL has could not do the same. But I would almost guarantee that if you surveyed the entirety of the casual fan base that the NFL currently has, you got to think at least 90% of them know who Josh Allen is. And you look at it like, okay, who, who's a player that my grandmother would know? Who's a player that my aunt who's never watched a snap of football in their life would know. I think Josh Allen's there right now. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I guess to a degree. And that's why I said that I thought that that was a really big get for Josh Allen to be in that golf tournament with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. It just goes to show you, you got the old face of the league in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and you're now passing the torch, and the torch is primarily being held by Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen currently. And uh, that's, all, that's another reason why I think Josh Allen is on the cover of Madden at some point here. Hell, Patrick Mahomes has already been on it twice. And you can't tell me that the discrepancy between those two and their popularity right now is that big. So I think sooner or later, whether it's this year or down the line, Josh Allen at some point. Ronald coming in here saying Baker with all of his commercials. Yeah, but let's, I understand that. And also I'm dying, I'm dying for the Josh Allen national commercial. I know he's had a few slots. We've had the Amazon commercial that he had and whatever. He, he hasn't had anything quite like Mahomes, Rogers have Brady. And then of course, Baker, but there, there's no comparison between Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen when it comes to the, to the off the field. You know what I mean? They're just two completely different people. Um, and the primary example is of that. I mean, let's think about it like this. If Josh Allen was in the same situation right now, which he never would be, but you know, let's just, let's just play devil's advocate here. If Josh Allen was at the, in, in the same situation that Baker Mayfield currently finds himself in here, uh, he would have been on a team 
before the, the Browns decided to ever even think to move off of him. I mean, Baker Mayfield as of right now, and by the way, I mean, that, that situation continues to get more and more crazy, just more and more crazy as the day goes on. I cannot believe the Browns have not moved off of him yet. And I've been waiting to do a public apology to Rico and Reb on this at some point when we get on the show together. I still hold my stance on how I feel about the, the Baker situation and how he played a role in his own failures here. But what the Browns are doing to Baker Mayfield at this point is just it's it's unexplainable. It's ridiculous. They are holding him hostage. He is. I cannot believe he has not been dealt yet. I cannot believe he has not found himself on another team yet. It's insane. And uh, they're essentially waiting to hear what what the plan's going to be for Deshaun Watson. I think before they make a move on Baker Mayfield. The problem is, you can't expect Baker Mayfield to ever walk back into that locker room. He's never going to do it ever. There is not a shot in hell Baker Mayfield ever shows his face in a Cleveland Browns uniform ever again. So I don't know what they're waiting for. They're making themselves look bad at this point. Very odd situation there. Very, very odd. Seth Harris coming in here saying, Dolphins think they really push in for the Bills in the division. Yeah. What is it every year? It's every year. It does. Sorry, I keep shaking this damn camera, by the way. It's a new setup. I got the laptop going. I'm a very fidgety person. I, I, for the love of God, cannot understand the year-to-year need. At, recently, of course, as the Bills have become who the Bills are. I, for the love of God, cannot wrap my head around the need for people to try to draw a comparison to the Bills within the, within the division. It's, there, there's no comparison. Out of all these divisions in the NFL right now, I would have to say the Bills gap between the gap between the Bills and the rest of that division is as seismic as it is in all of football right now. And most importantly, the AFC. There is not a single other division in the AFC that is less competitive right now than the AFC East is. And the Dolphins are not primed to take over. I mean, give me a break. I don't know how many times on Twitter in the last couple of weeks that I've had to scroll through some Dumb post. Are the Dolphins the team that's going to threat the bill, th- be the threat to the Bills in the uh, AFC East this season? No. No, the answer is a, the answer is a, is a capital no. And the same can be said for the Patriots and the Jets. There is no there is no team, there is no team that's primed to give the Bills fits at number one. I mean, was anybody saying this about the Patriots and Tom Brady? For the two decades that they ran that division? No, the answer is a fat no. And we, even as Bills fans, we knew that. We didn't go into the season saying, I'm telling you what, man. Telling you what, this is the year that the Bills are better than the Patriots. Yeah, I know. Yep, we got uh, yeah, T.O.'s in town now. Fitzpatrick's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, give me a break. That was, that's just, like, even the, these fan bases are becoming delusional. And, and it's not like we don't have our own personal experience to back it up on. You know, people act like these Bills fans came out of the woodwork, and I'm sure that there, there are some bandwagon Bills fans that have come out of nowhere ever since they've gotten good. But, the, but 99% of us have been around for this entire journey. And during the time in which it was just so bad, brutal, there was never a time really when you confidently said to somebody, or even yourself, that the Bills were going to compete for the division or be better than the Patriots, whatever. I'm sure there were glimpses of it, you know, when the Bills started 4-0, and whenever it was, 2011. I mean, there, 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 was, there was glimpses, sure, but there was never any solidified evidence that the Bills were going to be any better than they were the previous years or they were going to be any better than the competition. 
And the same can be said right now. I mean, yes, the, the, the Dolphins have a, a much better roster than they did a couple of years ago, for sure. But where does that rank in comparison to the Bills? It just doesn't. It just doesn't. And the same can be said with the, the Jets and especially the Patriots. Now, if, you, if you're a Dolphins fan and you want to say, if you want to say, yeah, you know, I think the Dolphins are a much better team this year than the Patriots. Guess what? You have somebody in myself who is in firm agreement with you. I completely agree. I think the Miami Dolphins are the second best team in the AFC East. But the only thing here is the second best team in the AFC East does not mean you're one of the better teams in the AFC. I personally believe if you look at the schedule and I'll go through it next week when we have the full schedule out and, and take a look and we'll go through and do our predictions. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a firm, I'm in firm belief that the bills could easily this season go 13 and four, 12 and five. And the second place in AFC in the AFC East could be, you know, nine and eight, perhaps nine and eight, 10 and seven. And I think that that's going to be the Miami dolphins. I think Miami finishes second in the AFC East. I, I swear to God, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets did better than the New England this year, too. That might, that might be a stretch. But the overall goal here, what, I, what I'm getting at is, I think the Patriots are down and out heavy this season, no question about it. And there's no team that is primed, ready to rock and roll, toe-to-toe to, toe to toe with the Bills in the AFC. Sorry. And I know it's clickbait, and it's got guys like me and the rest of us talking about it. Cool. I get it. I get it. It's a talking point, I guess. But the, the whole thing of it, the whole thing is, it, it's not. It's not a talking point at all. No, I, like, like it's, it's, look at the AFC West. Like, you understand there. Like, man, who's going to win that division? Now, that's a talking point. That's fun. Because you could make an argument that all four of those teams could win the division. But when you look, when you look at the AFC East, the Bills would have to have a catastrophic collapse. I mean, an all-time collapse this coming season for the Miami Dolphins to win that division. Or Tua would have to, I'll use the same phrase that they used with the with Josh Allen when the Bills were drafted. Tua Tungabailoa would essentially have to defy, you know, all of statistics and math itself for the, for the Miami Dolphins to win the division this year. He would have to have the, the greatest season, the greatest comeback season we've ever seen. He would have to develop into a top 10 quarterback at the least if the Miami Dolphins wanted to win the division this year. And uh, I, I honestly would say that I think there's a better chance that the Bill is absolutely collapsing than there is Tua becoming a, a top five or 10 quarterback in this league this coming season. So uh, don't lose any sleep over those over those BS tweets and, and articles, Bills Mafia. Um, there is no team primed ready to contend with the Bills for number one in the uh, in the AFC East. Back to your comments, we go. Jason Taylor says, but they still have Tannehill. He'll carve us up. It's not if Malik Willis isn't starting by then. Jason Taylor. Now I, now I will say Malik Willis will not be starting by week two, but uh, Ryan Tannehill seemed to be a bit uh, shaken by. That draft pick by Tennessee. We'll see what happens there. That also goes to show you the direction that Tennessee plans on going into. This is the last year of the of uh, Ryan Tannehill's contract in Tennessee. I I'm interested to see what happens there. I had a real good feeling they'd go quarterback at some point in this draft. They did go with Malik Willis. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with. That's another reason why I'm now on Tennessee. I think Ryan Tannehill. That was a really bad loss for them in the playoffs last year. I think it's going to be tough to overcome. You lose A.J. Brown. You know, is Derrick Henry going to be able to be as good as he was a season ago off that injury? We'll see. Week two is very exciting. I'm glad that we're getting that game 
right in the in the start of the season because that to me is a prime revenge game and I think it could really propel the momentum for the Bills going forward the rest of the season. I'm just dying to see now who they open the season up against. Personally, I'd love to get a game out of the way on the road against an AFC East opponent. I would dig that for week one. Because last year, you know, the momentum really got sucked out of, out of us. Last year when the Bills kicked the season off against Pittsburgh at home and lost, it was just a major gut punch. I don't think anybody was expecting to lose that game. So if we could get a start to the year against the Jets or the Lions or something like that, I think it would be awesome to get a, to get a nice – momentum builder start take that into Tennessee and then really get the ball rolling from there that would be exciting stuff but we will know soon enough Thursday night so I wanted to get into this this evening I want I've been taking a look at all the different teams and how they operated throughout the offseason and the draft and I wanted to I, I haven't done this I don't think I don't think I've ever done this on here before I wanted to go through and I also want to get your guys thoughts and opinions on this as well I wanted to go through and give you who I think currently are the top 10 teams in the NFL post offseason post draft in this current moment. Now, of course, we could see some other moves being made as this offseason continues. I'm sure Baker Mayfield will find a team somewhere and we'll see some quarterback movement uh, depending on injury and whatever else. But for the most part, these teams have formed into their solidified rosters by now. And I think we have a good idea of the hierarchy that we have currently going into the season. So I figured, well, the drafts in the books, the major free agent and off season moves are in the books. Why not share with you who I think currently is the top 10 teams in the NFL. So let's do it, baby. Now we're going to start off from now, by the way, there's, there's a couple teams in here and I guess I'll get those two teams out of the way. There's two teams that I left off the top 10 that I think could definitely be fringe top 10 teams and potentially make their way up higher into the rankings as the season goes on. But these are the two teams that I left out that I think could definitely sneak in. Number 12, I have the Ravens. Left the Ravens out of the top 10. I'm very concerned about the loss of Hollywood Brown, maybe more so than others. Now, I do think that the... Ravens had a good draft. I do. I think they got a lot better in areas of need, but my main concern for the Ravens is their offense and their weapons. For starters, Lamar Jackson has not inked a long-term deal with the Ravens. If I'm a Ravens fan, I'm beyond concerned about this. I was concerned about this. If I was a Ravens fan going into the draft, then you trade Hollywood Brown. And I think a lot of people aren't, you know, they, they, they don't look at this as a massive move because Hollywood Brown, you know, he's not, he's not a top five, even 10 receiver in this league, probably. Right. The problem is he's the number one receiver by a mile on the Ravens and you remove him from Baltimore. And what do the Ravens currently have on this offense? That's worth shaking a stick at. I'm very concerned about that move for the Ravens. And I'll get into that in a little bit later when I give you my draft winners and losers. I wanted to do that last week. We didn't have time. So I figured I'd touch on that later in the show, but that's a big concern for me for the Ravens. But with that said, I think that the Ravens were just decimated by injury last year. And that's the reason they weren't even close to competitive the way they have been the years prior. I think Lamar Jackson is still a problem in this league. He's still a tough out each and every week. The Ravens are extremely well coached. I think they have a good 
unit set up in place. They have a good defense. I am concerned about the weapons on offense, but I do think that the Ravens have potential to make the playoffs in the AFC this year. And if that's the case, you have to argue that they're a top 10 team or close to it. I looked at my rankings. I tried to see where teams fit in and I just didn't, I couldn't find a way to fit the Ravens into the top 10, but I think they are just on the outside and we could see them move up as the years go on or as the season goes on. My number 11 and a team that I I really wanted to find a way to put them in the top 10. I just can't do it right now. But I think as the year goes on, we could really see them move into that, into that uh, sphere. And that's the Indianapolis Colts. And I spoke on them a little bit earlier in the show, the Indianapolis Colts. I think that they're one of the most underrated teams in the league. They should have made the playoffs last year. Carson Wentz was a major liability. Jonathan Taylor, one of the best young players in this entire league. And there's there's nobody who knows it more than Bills fans. I mean, he took us for a spin last season. That was the worst loss the Bills had by a mile last year. The Colts destroyed the Bills in every facet of the game. And Jonathan Taylor ate the Bills defense for lunch, destroyed the Bills. And they were, I think that they were a tough team to play regardless last year, even with Carson Wentz. And it just didn't pan out the way I think most people thought it would. Now, you add Matt Ryan to that mix. I, like I said earlier, I think that they are being crazy overlooked right now, the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts win the division. That puts them into a playoff spot, obviously. I think that they could be a major problem for AFC teams this year who might look at the top end of the of the conference and forget there's the Indianapolis Colts with a potential MVP quarterback and a guy who's really looking to revitalize his career after several down seasons in Atlanta. I think a lot of people forget that Matt Ryan is as good as he is just because the Falcons have been down and out the last several seasons and they've had next to no offensive talent outside of Kyle Pitts recently. I think Matt Ryan immediately makes this Colts team better. I think more than anything, he wants to come in and prove that. And uh, I think he has more to prove than Carson Wentz felt like he did in this past season. I think Carson Wentz went into Indianapolis with Frank Reich. He thought he was owed a starting job. He thought he was disrespected in Philly. And he goes into Indianapolis thinking he's just it's just going to be it's going to be a cakewalk. And it, it was far from it. And he had a terrible season. And that's the reason why he's on another another team. Three different teams in three different seasons. So look out for the Indianapolis Colts. I didn't find a way to put them in my top 10 as of right now, but I would definitely keep an eye on them as far as, you know, where, where they, where they'll wind up taking form throughout this season. I really think the Colts could be a problem coming into 2022. All right, let's get into it. The top 10. Here are the top 10 teams. I think currently represent the top of the cream of the crop when it comes to the NFL. And number 10 is the Green Bay Packers. Now, typically, you would think the Green Bay Packers would be way up on the power rankings like they have been throughout the last several seasons. I'm worried about Green Bay. Frankly, the only reason I have Green Bay in the top 10 is because of how weak the NFC is as a whole. I still think, you know, because of how weak the NFC is, Green Bay is probably a top four team, top three team perhaps in the NFC, but losing Devonte Adams was a major, major blow. This team is not going to be the same. It just simply is not going to be the same. But with that said, green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league coming off double MVPs. I think that 
more so than anything, this season's a perfect opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to prove that he can get it done in a situation that's not that's not ideal. I mean, this is not an ideal situation for Green Bay whatsoever. But the Packers are still a well-run organization, a well-run franchise in a conference right now that is very, very weak. And I'd be utterly stunned if Green Bay is not towards the top of the conference throughout the season. I'd be even more stunned if they didn't make the playoffs in the NFC. But the reason I have them rounding out the top 10 is because I'm very concerned about the loss of Devontae Adams and what that does to this team overall. But simply based on the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers and they are in the NFC, I have them in the top 10 at number 10. Now, this is where it got real difficult. Outside of that, I mean, there are so many different possibilities that you could have in this top 10, and I tried my best to give what I think would be the most accurate. At number nine, I got the Raiders. Now, I think you could argue the Raiders could be higher up in this power ranking. I truly do. The Raiders are one of those teams in the offseason who who got dramatically better, in my opinion. And the Raiders last season were a playoff team, and they were one play away from beating a team in the Cincinnati Bengals who made it all the way to the Super Bowl. I think that Derek Carr, speaking of Devontae Adams, I think the Packers get worse without Devontae Adams. I think the the Raiders get infinitely better with Devontae Adams. The only reason I don't have the, the, the Raiders higher up in this power ranking is because I firmly believe that the talent within the AFC West is so strong that they are still the number four team in that division. And being the worst team in your division is going to be very tough to overcome when it comes down to playoff seeding. It's going to be very tough for them to have a winning record in that division just based on who they are playing. But if you look at the grand scheme of things, the Raiders are definitely one of the best rosters in the AFC. They have a great offense at this current moment, and their defense continues to get better and better. I am high on the Raiders. I don't, I think they have a chance, like I think anybody in the West has a chance to win the division. I don't foresee it, but I think that that division is wide open. But if I had to pick right now out of those four rosters, the Raiders have the weakest, but it's not by much. I got the Raiders at nine. It's uh, it's random cam coming in saying McDaniels has an ego too. Yeah. That's another thing. I, it's weird because there's so much that's happening this off season. You almost forget that, uh, that McDaniels is now the head coach of the Raiders. With all the, the craziness that happened in in, uh, in Las Vegas over the last season, that seems to be another one of those forgotten topics where Josh McDaniels is now the head coach. And I know that he's had a very uh, shaky past when it comes to being a head coach. Really weird time in Denver. He left Indianapolis at the altar. I'm very interested to see how that goes, but I think McDaniels has a hell of a roster to work with right now. He is a hell of a coach. Can he make it work at the head coach position? We will see. But there is a lot of promise right now in Las Vegas, and for that reason, I have the Raiders at number nine. At number eight, I have the 49ers. I think the 49ers right now are probably the third best team in the NFC outside of the two most notable who will be making their appearance later on in this power ranking. The 49ers are just one of those teams. You don't necessarily know why, but for some reason, they are just... They're just good. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The 49ers, when you, when, you, when you rank up their roster compared to others in the league, it might not jump out at you, right? And I have no idea currently what they're doing at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo goes, it gets the surgery on his shoulder this offseason, really puts the 49ers in a corner. What are they going to do? Are they going to move forward with Trey Lance? The rumors coming out this past season 
that uh, – or not this past season, this past week that the, the 49ers are approaching the point of being regretful over the pick for Trey Lance. He's not nearly as good as they thought he was going to be. Those are elements of concern that I have for the 49ers. I, I don't know what the plan is with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. How much longer can you hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo and do either side of this situation any service or a, a, any benefit? Jimmy Garoppolo is getting screwed more and more by the day as he doesn't belong as he doesn't find himself on a new team. I think the 49ers continue to screw themselves because their fan base is awfully confused. Their roster is awfully confused. Who the hell is our starting quarterback? I don't think anybody knows right now in San Francisco. But you look at the Niners last year, no almost nobody talked about them the entire season. Next thing you know, you blink and they're in the NFC Championship. They beat Aaron Rodgers on the road. And what I when I when I said earlier, there's no real way to define them other than they're just good. They went into Green Bay and and they played the most ugly style of football you've ever seen and they got the win. They just find ways to get it done. They just find ways to be a pain in your ass. And in a really weak NFC and in a division now where I think things definitely got weaker, you look at Seattle's situation, they're lucky they win four or five games this season. I look at the 49ers situation. I love their coaching staff. I think they have a really solid system on defense. They're going to keep Debo Samuel. They're not going to let him go anywhere. He's one of the better players in the league. The quarterback situation concerns me, but I trust Kyle Shanahan. This team always finds a way to be right there, and I think this year is no exception. I got the 49ers at number eight. Number seven, Cincinnati Bengals. I think last year for Cincinnati was a dream run, one that I don't think will be duplicated maybe ever again. Uh, Before I get more into this, I got Scotty coming in here with a super chat. I like to... Make sure I'm on top of these super chats. Scotty, I appreciate you, man. Scotty says, Z-Bot, I don't know if you heard this, but the Dolphins just signed Sony, uh, Sony Michelle. I don't know what the details of the contract is, but it's breaking news. All right. Well, Scotty coming in with breaking news, which I appreciate. I love that. Let's take a look here. Dolphins, Sony Michelle. And there it is. Thank you, Scotty. As of an hour ago, the Dolphins signed former running back or uh, former first round running back, Sony Michelle. I'm telling you. This is where I'll give the, the Dolphins credit. I still don't think that they come close to the Bills roster or when it comes to competitiveness. I still think that any argument to try and place them towards the top of the AFC East, or when I say that, I mean as far as the number one uh, team in the AFC East, I think it's preposterous. But it's moves like this that they've done all offseason that I will tip my cap to when it comes to Miami because they have really done a great job of trying their best to become competitive. And like I've said multiple times, you can't say the same for New England. You just can't. And this running back room is now loaded. You got Chase Edmonds, you got Moster, and you got Miles Gaskin. And now you're going to add Sony Michelle. Now, right there, what does that tell you, by the way? You got the acquisition. You got the acquisition of uh, Tyreek Hill, the best, you know, short slant receiver in the league. And now you have one of the most loaded running back rooms in the league. What does that tell you? The trust in Tua Tungabailoa is almost non-existent. So, yeah, you can load up this running back room as much as you want. They got some big names in that running back room. You get you get uh, Tyreek Hill, an absolute monster when it comes to catching the ball right off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's all well and good. But all of these moves are telling me 
that the trust in Tua is almost non-existent. They're going to have to rely on the short game and they're going to have to rely on the run game in order to get things done. And that's just not how you win football games in 2022. The Dolphins are going to be a lot better than they were last season. They're going to be a lot more competitive. Their offense is definitely going to be better, but I just don't see these moves propelling the Miami Dolphins to a top team in this league when Tua is the quarterback. And unless he improves dramatically, I just don't see it. But thanks for the uh, thanks for the update, Scotty. Another running back in the locker room for an already loaded locker room uh, in Miami. Whatever. I mean, how many of these? How many guys can split touches over there? Whatever. Matt Ski coming in. It's a good point. He's saying if you want to keep Josh off the field, you run the ball. Yeah, I mean, you go. Yeah, you, you do. But you, the thing is, you have to be able to run the ball with a lead. How how much do you trust Miami sustaining a lead over the Bills for the length of an entire game? How much do you trust Miami to be competent enough to run clock against the Bills? Now, especially against that defense, go ahead and run as much as you want. Uh, you're forgetting also, if you're Miami, that the Bills still have the best defense in the league potentially, and it just got a hell of a lot better this offseason. So, yeah, I mean, tip your cap. I, I will definitely tip my cap to Miami. They have done a, a hell of a job this offseason, perhaps better than any other team, really. I mean, they've really, they've really done a great, great job. They're just, they're not on the same level as the Bills. Simple as that. Back to the Bengals, number seven. I Like I was saying, the Bengals, they had a dream season last year. And it was the perfect example of why the NFL is better than any other team sport. Because there's no other team sport where you could be the worst team in the league a season prior or one of. And the following season, find yourself in the Super Bowl. That's what makes the NFL so great. The parity is better than any other major league. The Dolphins have, or excuse me, the Bengals have an incredible, an incredible offensive roster. And their defense continues to get better. They address situations like that in the offseason. They also got a, a lot better on the offensive line this offseason, which I think was by far their biggest weakness throughout the, uh, the year last year, as we know. I mean, their offensive line was brutal. Joe Burrow was getting hit before he even took the snap half the time, and they still were able to find a way to the Super Bowl. The reason I have them at number seven is I just don't know if last year can be repeated from Cincinnati. I mean, they had a dream run. They just couldn't lose when it came to the postseason. I think their offense is extraordinary. I think it's one of the best in the league. They have some of the best wide receiver talent in the league. Joe Burrow is, is right up there. As far as the top quarterbacks are concerned, the division is incredibly tough. The conference is incredibly tough. And the way things were laid out for Cincinnati last year, it was just a perfect run. It was a perfect run. I don't know if I see Cincinnati being able to duplicate that again this season. I don't think they're going to be able to match the level that they got to last year, but they are still one of the best offenses in this league. And I'm extremely excited for the bills to battle them because that is going to be about as high powered of an offensive battle as you're going to find the entire season coming up here. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are definitely one of the best teams in the AFC, I just think that there's other teams that got better this offseason, and because of that, I have them at seven, but they are they are still a playoff team, in my opinion. I just don't know if we see them get to the same level that they were at a season ago. Here's where it gets really tough for me, and I had a tough time differentiating these next few teams, but I'm going to start here at number six, and it's the Denver Broncos. There's probably no team in the entire league that got as good or that got as uh, is, is better as they did in the offseason than the Denver Broncos. I mean, they really went all in. And you look no further than the acquisition 
of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson coming into this Denver Broncos team immediately makes them a powerhouse contender. Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Denver has been looking for a replacement at that position since Peyton Manning hung up the cleats. And they, they, they said, screw it. We're going to put all of our chips in the table, do whatever we got to do to get our franchise guy. And they did just that. And here we are. The Broncos go from one of the weaker teams in the league last season to a team led by Russell Wilson that I think is a prominent Super Bowl contender this season. If not Super Bowl contender, definitely AFC West contender, definitely playoff contender. I think that they're right there. I think that they're going to be a major problem for any team that faces them. And you look at the other teams that have played this formula. It's essentially been roadmapped by the Buccaneers and the Rams. And those just so happen to be the two teams that are the most recent Super Bowl champions. They go out, they load the roster up and they get a proven quarterback, a proven veteran quarterback. Who's one of the better players in the league. And it's worked out spectacular. I can't imagine it doesn't work out the same for the Denver Broncos And I got them at number six. But the one team in the division, or there's two teams, rather, but the one team in the division that I think is slightly better right now is the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers, this is a make-or-break year. And if you look at their roster, it is one of the best in all of football. This is the year for Brandon Staley and the L.A. Chargers. I don't know how you could possibly not make the playoffs this season if you're the Chargers with this roster. They continue to get better and better and better, and they really went all in this past offseason. And I look at Justin Herbert, and I got to think that you, you, have, you have got to cash in on this rookie deal with Justin Herbert. And the, the, the time is running out on that. And they, what they did this offseason in order to make this team better, I think finally puts them into a position to where they can take that next step. And I think they are just a notch below the Kansas city chiefs right now, when it comes to the AFC West. And I wouldn't be stunned if the chargers really gave both Denver and Kansas city fits when it comes to winning that division, the acquisition of Khalil Mack, I think was huge. You pair him up with Bosa and they have a terrific, terrific front line in a stacked offensive conference, re-signed Mike Williams. They also got J.C. Jackson, I believe, in the backfield, if I'm not mistaken, to add to that defense. So I just look at Kansas City overall. Yes, J.C. Jackson did sign with the Chargers. So they made they made some incredible moves in this offseason. I think that they were a team last year that was just on the outside. They, they, they lost several games close, bad management on fourth down, but that's the one thing I do like about Brandon Staley and the Chargers. They are aggressive. They are definitely aggressive at a team that is going to go for the win every single opportunity they have. They're not going to sit on their hands. They're very aggressive. And you have to be in this AFC right now, and you have to be in that division. So Chargers right now, I think, are going to be the most improved team out of any team from last season, and I got them at number five. Now we get into the top four, and here's where you really start to see the Super Bowl contenders starting to make form. And I'm going to kick off the top four with the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to walk to an NFC championship. There's no debate. I mean, this NFC is beyond weak. It's incredibly weak. They still have the majority of the same roster that they had during the Super Bowl run. Tom Brady, of course, comes back. And the reason he comes back is because he looks at the landscape right now and he says to himself, there's no way we don't make the NFC championship at the very least the way that this conference is looking right now. Tampa Bay 
is still about as good as it gets in this league as far as roster is concerned. Tom Brady has not shown any signs of decline whatsoever. I personally don't think this is his last year, but if it winds up being so, there's no way that he doesn't know it, and he's going to come into this season with a lot to prove because he was supposed to be retired, and now he's not. And everybody's looking at at Tom Brady to once again be who Tom Brady has showed himself to be year in and year out. So that to me, I don't think there's much, there's really not a whole hell of a lot you have to put into this when it comes to explaining why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the best teams in the league. I just think right now that there's three teams that if they faced off against them are just as, just as equally matched up with them, if not better than I would personally take. But like I said, this top four, it's really a roll of the dice. You could shuffle it any way you want. I have the Bucks at four, but you could really find a way to put them anywhere within this top four. Tampa Bay, definitely one of the best teams in all of the NFL. But a team right now in the NFC and the only other team in the NFC that I have ranked above them is a team that's coming off of a Super Bowl win and it really is no different than they were a season ago, and that's the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams right now are the class of the NFC. I think a lot of this, a lot of this will be predicated on if they re-sign Odell Beckham Jr. He has yet to re-sign with a team. I think you'd be nuts not to go back to LA after what he was able to accomplish with them a season ago in a very short amount of time. Uh, the LA Rams are they're they're good in every facet. They're good in every facet. And when you look at the NFC, like I continue to harp on, it's just so weak that you look at you look at the Chargers, or excuse me, you look at the Rams. You look at the Bucks, and outside of that, I mean, it, it's it's pick your poison, really. Those are the, those are the two top teams. I would be utterly stunned if it does not come down to those two as the season ends, and we see who tries to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But right now, if I if I had to go and and bet on a game between the Rams and the Bucks, I'm giving the Rams a slight edge. But those two are definitely the top two teams in the NFC. I have the Rams just a notch ahead, but you could really you could really shuffle the deck there. Both those two teams represent the AFC, the NFC right now, in my opinion. I just give a slight edge to the Rams. And now we come down to the final two. Chiefs at number two. I've seen a lot of power rankings recently where the Chiefs aren't even aren't even cracking the top five. What are we doing, folks? What are we doing? Knocking Kansas City out of the top five. Everybody wants to think the Kansas City Chiefs got dramatically worse because Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin. Have you bothered to look at the Kansas City wide receiver room? I'd venture to say they got better. I thought, I had told you this right when it happened. I thought KC won the trade with Miami when it came to getting rid of Tyreek Hill. They got rid of that major, major cap hit. They also put those picks to work. In this current draft, they got Trent McDuffie, a major, major move. As we know, how valuable corner has become in this league. The Bills take a corner shortly after the Chiefs take Trent McDuffie. And you look at that conference, you look at that division, they needed to get better in that position. They do just that. They go out and get a corner with one of those picks. And then you look at the wide receiver room in general. They add Sky Moore, who I think that that they sold – uh, Sky Moore from the Bills. I think that Sky Moore was going to be a Buffalo Bill in round two if the Chiefs did not trade up to get him. And not only that, but they've added uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They've added Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think that this team 
has gotten any worse since last year. I really don't. I, I really don't. Yes, they lose Tyreek Hill, and it's definitely a blow. But they get way better on defense in this draft, drafting Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis on the, on the DN position. So you, you, have, you have a prominent edge rusher now. You have an immediate starting cornerback. I think Sky Moore was one of the steals of the draft. They add Sky Moore to the already loaded offense for this team. And to replace Tyreek Hill, and look, you're not ever going to be able to replace what Tyreek Hill brings to a team. He's one of one. The speed and characteristics that he brings to a football team are one of one. You can't directly replace it. But I can't think of a better way to at least attempt to fill the void than what the Chiefs have done. I think the Chiefs had one of the best drafts out of any team, and I think that they did a hell of a job this offseason, not only unloading that cap money for Tyreek Hill, but putting the draft picks they got from that trade to work and then filling the void at the wide receiver position. I just don't see... I don't see how the Chiefs are any worse than a season ago. I don't. And I've seen plenty of people. I, I think this is what it comes down to. I think there's Kansas City Chiefs fatigue amongst NFL fans. We're so sick and tired of seeing the Chiefs be this good for this long that we're trying to find a way to knock them down a peg. But I can't in good conscience knock Kansas City out of the top two, three teams in this league until they show me that, that, that they're on a major decline, and they're not. And I'd, I'd be the first to argue that I think that they're, they might not be, I, I, I just don't think they're any worse than, than last year. You know, John Herring coming in here saying Tyreek Hill is a huge loss. It's definitely a huge loss. But the way that they were able to fill in the void, the way that they added to this defense, you still have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You still have maybe the best coach in the league in Andy Reid. I just don't know where I see this Chiefs team being knocked out of the top five because they lose Tyreek Hill. I just don't see it. I think they're as good this year as they were last year. I really don't see how much worse they get. I really don't. But I don't think they're as good as the Buffalo Bills today, and that's why I have the Bills at number one. And look, I'm not, I'll use the Conor McGregor saying here. I'll take this chance to apologize to absolutely effing nobody. This is not homerism, and you know this. I'm very fair when it comes to this stuff. I'm very fair. The Buffalo Bills right now are the best team in the league. On paper, Going into the 2022 season, the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the league. And that is not that is not an opinion that I share myself and myself alone. There are plenty, and I mean plenty of people who are in firm dis or in firm agreement with that statement. Look at what that team was a season ago. They should have played in the Super Bowl. Let's not lose sight of that. They're an absolute debacle on coaching and defense away from playing in the Super Bowl a season ago. If Josh Allen in that offense is able to even come close to remotely replicating what they were able to do in the playoffs this coming season, look out. It's not comparable. It's not comparable. The only other team that is comparable, in my opinion, to that situation is the Chiefs. That's why I have them at number two. I just think last season, if Tyreek Hill is not in that game, the Bills win it. The Bills win it. So to all your guys' point, yes, losing Tyreek Hill is a blow to what we have come to know from the Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't think it's a big enough blow to knock them out of the top five like I see a bunch of people doing. I just think last season, if you had the current Bills roster and the current Chiefs roster in that divisional game, the Bills win it. They were 13 seconds away from winning it with, with the old roster. And I think that we all, we all know this. We all know this. That game was ours. It was a debacle, an absolute, just 
unraveling in the final 13 seconds. And that's what kept the Bills from going to the Super Bowl. They went out this offseason on a team that was already a Super Bowl favorite and added every piece of the puzzle that needed to be added. Where's the hole on this team? You already have, on paper, the number one overall defense a season ago, and you add to it again and again and again. You you go out and you you get Von Miller, which right there, need I say any more? Von Miller immediately takes this defense to another level just because it fills the, the void that the Bills have been desperately looking to fill for the last several seasons, and that is an edge presence. The Bills have not been... The Bills have not been able to find a solution towards getting towards the quarterback the way other teams have. And the reason I think that the Von Miller acquisition is finally that void filler is because you bring him in, a guy who's already proved that he is one of the best of all time in doing so. But not only that, you you add him to a bunch of young guys in Rousseau and uh, you fill in the blank, really. You add him to a young front on this defense who I think learns under Von Miller and automatically gets a lot better because Von Miller is surrounded by those young guys. And I just think Von Miller in general automatically boosts this team to another level on defense. You also get an immediate starter at the cornerback position in Kair Elam, or Elam, I keep doing that. Kair Elam, immediate starter. Tredavious White comes back. Look at this Bills, this Bills defense last year was already the number one defense in the league without Tredavious White for more than half the season. He comes back. You pair him with a number one uh, a first round corner in Kiara Lam or Elam. I keep doing that. I'm going to keep saying Elam until the end of time. What is up with that? Pair him with Kyir Elam. And I think that you, you, you add that to Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Who's got a better backfield in the league right now than the Buffalo Bills? It's extraordinary. And then you add Tim Settle to Quan Jones. I, I just think the defense in general has gotten a lot better as far as acquisitions are concerned. Also, Shaq Lawson, several moves made. Then you look over on the offensive side of things. It was already about as good as it could possibly get. And then you add depth at the tight end position with a veteran in O.J. Howard. You add Crowder to the offensive, to the, uh, to the wide receiver room. You go out and you get a potential rotational player, I think, on the offensive side of things um, with, uh, like on the name, of course, um, da, 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 da. Khalil uh, Shakir, my bad. I think, I think Shakir will find his way into the movement within this offensive roster at the wide receiver position. And then you add James cook and who knows how that elevates this offense as well. I think he's going to get plenty of touches being rotated in with Devin Singletary. I also think that we're going to see Gabriel Davis take things to another level this coming season. I think he has finally shown himself to be the solidified wide receiver too on this roster. You add that with Stefan Diggs, And I think if Gabriel Davis shows us what he's capable of, like he did last season, I think he has a monster year and everybody forgets too. you know, Dawson Knox tied for the league lead last year in touchdowns at the tight end position. I think he only gets better too. And Josh Allen, as we've seen only improves year after year after year. So yeah, you could call me a homer. You could say, yeah, of course you put the Bills at one. But when you really break it down, the Bills are the best team in the league. And if you don't have them at number one, fine. But there's no way you don't have them in your top four. And the way I look at things right now, I just think that not only are the Bills primed and ready to roll on both sides of the ball, as well as the kicking game when it comes to their roster, 
But it also, it doesn't it feel like they've gotten the monkey off their back in a variety of different ways? I think that they've gotten the heartbreaking losses out of the way. You know, the Chiefs did the same thing. The Chiefs had that heartbreaking out against the Patriots. And what do they do the following season? Come back, win the Super Bowl. I think the Bills got that heartbreaking L out of the way. They've learned from it. They get better in the offseason. Here we go. To me, this is the year for the Buffalo Bills. This is the year. It's just a matter of can they take advantage and can they get it done? And can they avoid self-inflicted mistakes, which I think cost them last season in the playoffs? We will see. It's random cam saying, uh, but every time McDermott's played fat Andy, when it's really mattered, he's gotten beat one way or another. And that's why I think this, this is the year you've gotten those losses out of the way. You've gotten two playoff losses to the chiefs out of the way. And I think that you finally learn your lesson from that coming into this season. I just think that right now the bills are a slightly better team on paper than the chiefs. It's all going to come down to how the game's played, of course. And I think the season ultimately comes down to the Bills Chiefs again at some point. You'd have to think it does. Because no matter what has happened in the AFC this past season, the Bills and the Chiefs are still the two best teams in the conference. So I'd have to think it comes down to those two. But we will see. We will see. But it's not homerism, I'm telling you right now. And I understand, you know, you could really fit, you could plug and play a lot of different teams at one, I think, if you wanted to. But I don't think it's a stretch by any means to have the Bills at number one currently. I just think the roster is through the roof. The experience is now there. This, this team continues to get better in every facet. And, and not only that, but I think that they have the best chance of getting the number one overall seed in the playoffs this coming season as well. When you look at their division compared to the rest of the AFC, I think the Bills have the best chance of getting the one seed and home field advantage, something that they haven't had in my life. And I think that that would be a major, major factor in getting there. You get the bye, and then you get two games at home. If that Chiefs game was home last year, it could have been a whole different story. We saw what the Bills were capable of doing at home against the Patriots. We'll see. I think that's a major factor as well. Carl coming in with the Super Chat. Carl saying, Z-Bot, give us your seven playoff teams from the AFC. How about Bills, Bengals, Titans, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos? Can all three wild card come from the West? I like your picks there. I would not put the Titans in, personally. Um, I think all, yeah, I, I, I really think that there's a hell of a good chance for all four AFC West teams to make the playoffs. I really do. If I had it today, if I had to put my seven playoff teams in today from the AFC bills, chiefs, chargers, Broncos, Bengals, Raiders, Colts. Those are my seven. Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Bengals, Raiders, Colts. Those are my seven playoff teams if I had to pick today. With the Bengals, well, hold on a minute. I'm missing I'm missing a team from a, uh, one of the divisions. I can't wait a minute. Hold on. I think I'm 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 missing somebody from uh that can't that, that can't be possible. Let me let me double check here. Yep. Wait. Nope. Never mind. No, I'm good. I thought I was missing somebody from the AFC North, but I'm not. I got the Bengals in. Yep. Those are my seven. 
The AFC North, though, could there's so many factors, though. There's so many factors. It, it, I think a lot of it comes down to, to Deshaun Watson's situation when it comes to the North and the, and the Browns' circumstance. Also, you have to wonder, too, in the AFC West, if one of those teams is just going to be so gobbled up by the, by the, um, by the competition surrounding um, them, themselves within the division. Like, uh, like the Bills Mafia, if you – QS keeps uh, is saying right here, you know, can't be all four in a division. Pretty unlikely. I know it is unlikely, but the uh, the talent that we are seeing in this division as well is also incredibly unlikely compared to anything we've seen in the past. If I had to swap out one of those teams from the West, because I understand what you're saying completely, it's going to be really tough. Um, if I had to swap one of those out, hmm. I'd probably swap the Raiders out and put the Ravens in if I had to swap a team out. But it's so hard for me to look at the AFC West and not think all four find a way in somehow. That's how good they are. It's crazy. It really is crazy. Like you look at that division and 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 how could you confidently rule one of those teams out? I know J-Dub coming in here saying, uh, you know, but the records won't allow it. They're going to eat each other up. That, that's why, to me, it all comes down to how it plays out within the division and then how it ultimately plays out outside of the division. If they all wind up going toe-to-toe all year and there's one that really doesn't separate themselves, like if they all really split wins, but say one team like the Chiefs, say the Chiefs go 4-2 and two and the rest of them go 3-3 three and three or something like that, um, I don't know. It just, I look at those four teams and it's so hard for me to roll one of them out. Nathan coming in here saying Colts, Ravens, Browns. Yeah. I think the Ravens would be the one I have it. I have in if one of those AFC, AFC West teams goes out for me, the Browns, I can't predict anything that's going on with the Browns right now until I find out what's going on with Deshaun Watson. And then the Colts. Yes, I have the Colts in, I think the Colts win their division. So there's, there's a lot of factors at play here. I think I'm going to have to wait I'm probably going to have to wait on my playoff predictions, preseason playoff predictions, until we find out what's going on with Deshaun Watson and the Browns because that that's a major fork in the, in the formula here. If Deshaun Watson's playing a full season with the Browns or if he's not playing a season at all, that's a major factor. That's a major factor. So we'll table that one until the season gets closer. But definitely a variety of, of those teams. I'll leave it at this, I guess. I would say Bills, Chiefs, 100%. I think the Bills are the one seed. Then I would say at least, I would say, so I I would say at least three teams, including the Chiefs from the West. I got the Colts winning the division. I got the Bengals winning their division. The seventh team, I guess, is up for grabs. It could either be one of the other teams from the AFC West, or it could potentially be the Browns, depending on Deshaun Watson's situation. Um, I would say if there's another team that makes the the playoffs outside of the West, I think it comes from the North. I could see all four of those teams making the playoffs, including the Steelers. I really could. But I think it really all comes down to what Deshaun Watson's situation is currently uh, in Cleveland. So we'll see. All right. Hour and a half in the books. It was so good to spend it with you this evening. Uh, next week, Monday night, I'll be back with you. Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, as I always am, right here on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. And Monday night, this time next week, I will have the schedule for you. As I told you earlier, it comes out Thursday night. 
8 p.m. So be on the lookout for that. And next Monday, I will spend a good portion of the show breaking down that schedule, taking a look at where we play, when we play, and how it all winds up taking form and what that could mean for the year. So I'll see you then. Enjoy the rest of the week. I'm about to go watch Better Call Saul, baby. I hope it's a good one, but it always is. I'm off to Texas this week, by the way. So if you follow me on Twitter, I'll keep you updated on there. I'm really hoping to do a tour of Jerry World. My dad did it last year, and it looked amazing. I've always wanted to get myself up into that situ- up into that stadium because it's just like, you know, Jerry World is, and you, it's it's like the mecca. So I definitely, uh, I definitely hope to go and do that. And if I do, I'll make sure to update you on all of that. Um, yeah, we'll add that to the show next Monday. I'll come back from Texas. I'll give you all my updates on Texas. I'm definitely looking to incorporate some football stuff in there. I'm going, um, I'm going to the University of Texas at Austin, so I'll be looking at their football facilities. You know I always find a way to incorporate football in a little bit of everything I do. So next Monday, I'll have the Texas recap for you, and I'll also have the schedule talk for you which i can't wait and rico coming in here at the end saying uh zbot make room for me at your place give me a, a sofa or a couch or something i know people right now don't know what rico's talking about but let me just tell you come the end of the month come the end of the month baby i cannot wait to show you what we got coming your way from the buffalo fanatics and if rico can find a way to get his ass from Canada up to Buffalo, it's going to be 10 times better. But I promise you. One, I one, I don't want to promise. I can't put words into Rico's mouth. But I'm I'm really pushing for Rico to be a part of what I'm talking about right now with me. At the end of this month, we have some major stuff coming your way. I cannot wait to share it. And Rico, the couch is ready for you, baby. That's all I'll say. Till next Monday, I'm Zbot. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the schedule release. I'll see you. This time next week. And as always, go Bills. Ah. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.